0: Hello and welcome to the Smells Like Infinite Sadness podcast. I'm your host, Michael Taylor. For those of you who don't know, I run the website, com. It's a blog covering the best alternative rock from the 80s and 90s up to present day. I'm a proud middle-aged Gen Xer who is still obsessed with the music of his youth and loves to talk about it. Today's special guest is Maurice Joseph-Francois Aylen, best known as Praga Khan, the mastermind, songwriter, and producer for iconic Belgian techno band Lords of Asin. Fresh off last year's tour celebrating their classic 1994 album Voodoo you, the band are returning with Pretty and Kink. It's their first album of new material since 2012's Deep Chills and it's coming out May 18th via Metropolis Records. I discussed the new album with Khan, including his crowdfunding campaign and how fans played a major role in its creation, the group's new vocalist, how the album retains Lords of Ass's patented, raunchy, provocative lyrics, and what fans can expect from the upcoming tour, and much more. So enjoy the interview and I'll be back afterwards to play a track off the new album. Well, I've had just listened to the album the past few days. I've really been enjoying it. It's got that kind of classic Lords of Acid sound, but it has some kind of fresh elements to it as well. So I guess, tell me, when did you start working the new album? How did that process get started? And uh, what was it like this time around for this uh, process? Uh,
1: this time around, it was uh, quite different from the other uh, other albums because uh, you know that this band, uh, Rocco, he did his Kickstarter for Lords of Acid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to work against the deadline. Uh, so, but he uh, uh, he was a little bit, uh, let's say, uh, too optimistic about how long it takes to make an album. So he put the deadline last year in June. <laughs> 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 knowing that there was gonna be a tour in uh, in September and October and November, so uh, for me, but it's it's a good album, you know. It's uh, I like it a lot. Um, it's a versatile album. Uh, but uh, like you said before, it's like going back to the early days, um, like slow songs, uh, slow and uh, let's say sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I really like yeah.
0: And what did you think about using Kickstarter? Did you enjoy that process? I know something that's a first time thing for you. What did you think about? getting involved in the fans in that level and how, how did that, the campaign, how'd you feel about that all, overall? Uh,
1: it was new for me, you know, uh, because, um, like I said before, I had to work against the deadline. Um, but, uh, I, I asked the fans because I said, okay, I cannot do it, uh, in such a short period of time, uh, because it's a creative process, uh, a process. And, uh, you need, you need time, eh, because, uh, it's something you cannot force. It's like, uh, it's a creative thing, you know, like sometimes you make a song in a day and sometimes you make a song in two months. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, creativity it comes uh, and it goes, you know, it, it, And uh, but uh, they were really, really uh, nice to me. And it said, okay, take your time. We'd rather have a good album than, uh, than an album that you have to rush. And uh, so I took, uh, I took my time to do it and, it was really nice because I also could, uh, like, uh, connect with the people, you know, and sometimes ask their uh, their opinion, like uh, giving them some kind of thesis, what you think of this, what you think of that. And at the end of the day, I think it also helped uh, me a lot, you know, like uh, getting some feedback from, from the diehard fans.
0: Mm-hmm. And what did you... Um- when you look at that versus the old model of, of your record contracts and working with record companies, do you prefer this better in, in that way or, or was it kind of a trade-off from the old the old music uh, business model
1: yeah well, the music business changed uh like completely yeah because I've been running a company uh, for twenty years I uh, don't know if you know that that uh, I was head of uh, Amper subway um I started the company in 82 and um, then yeah, I sold it uh, back in 2000 because yeah, everybody started to download the music for free. It was the most normal thing in the world. Like uh, that the music was, uh, you don't have to pay, you didn't have to pay for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and and uh, so, uh, but now uh, I think now it's, it's getting better and better because things start to organize and, uh, like uh, like streaming starts starts to pick up and there's uh, again it, it's getting better so it uh, but it's completely different uh, from what it was before but uh, because like 25 years ago you knew you you were gonna go into the studio, you're gonna work hard for four months, and then you're gonna have a uh, like uh, yeah like uh, um, a reward for it, you know it's like uh, you've been working so hard. And then you know, okay, the fans are gonna buy the the album or the CD. But uh, now you never know eh? because sometimes uh, there's people who work like really hard in the studio, like for for years and years, and uh, they uh, and there's nobody there to buy a record and pick <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 And of course, I
1: enjoy it a lot, you know, and and because music it's my life. I, I, it's Since I was a kid, um, I knew that I was going to go in in the music business, and for me, it's like going going into the studio. It's always fun, you know. I like uh, I love experimenting with styles and experimenting with with vocals and and the the synths. I also uh, still using these old analog gear and trying to make combinations uh, in the digital and the analog stuff, and uh, so. That's what I
0: really like. And, and speaking of that, what I guess what songs in the album were the most experimental for you this time around? Which ones did you feel were kind of the most adventurous or unique that you that you've done so far? Uh,
1: the most unique uh, thing about this album, you mean?
0: I guess like the, the the songs, this album that you felt were kind of the most, I guess, of the most diverse you've done before. You said you like working with different elements. What songs in this album do you feel were kind of indicative of that? Yeah, the, uh,
1: I also had a couple. Of them. First uh, of all, first of all, I, I had uh, I had a couple of uh, um, rappers coming into into the studio, and uh, so that was kind of new for a lot of because uh, in the early days when there was like rough sex or take control, I had to do it myself. <laughs> but now, now I had like professional people coming in, <laughs> <laughs> makes make it better. And uh, so that that's like uh, yeah and that's new and also I was very very happy with the new singer uh, because it's also 20 years ago uh, that I worked with a singer from Belgium and at the end of the day it makes it w- way more easy for me it's like uh, when there's someone in my home country that when you record something and you listen to it and then you say oh that could have been better that could have been better so it's more easy to get someone from Ghent to Brussels than someone from LA to Brussels. So I think uh, we had we, we did a- there were a lot of songs that we recorded the vocals. Then the girl had to listen to it, get used to it, and then come back into the studio and do it again. And uh, I think that uh, really uh, yeah, helped a lot.
0: And I was going to ask about that, because I didn't get any liner notes in the press release, so I was curious. I saw you guys last year in Austin. It was a great show when you guys played in Austin, and you were working. I think the singer was Mia Fisher, is that right?
1: Yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 the girl who was with us on tour was Mia. She was also the one who did the Deep Chills album. Yeah.
0: But, but she wasn't on the, on this current one? She wasn't included on this one?
1: Uh, on this uh, album, we have a new singer.
0: And, um, and what, what's yeah. her name?
1: Uh, her name is Mareke. Uh, she's a classical. How do you say classical school? Uh, you say, say that.
0: Uh, classically like, tra- trained, I guess, or
1: yeah, classically trained. Uh, so she has like a big, uh, like a wide range vocally. She can go really high, and she can go really deep, you know, and uh, and dark with the with the vocal. And so, uh, for me, uh, that was that uh, what I was looking for, you know, because uh, sometimes uh, with other singers you have to make compromises and you, and you say, okay, hmm. in my mind I had it like this, but now uh, let's uh, let's do it like this to make sure that it still sounds okay. Uh-huh. But with Mariken with it, uh, it was no problem at all. And there was like uh, things that you have to do, like in the low range it sounded really... Like, uh, yeah, good and uh, and warm and sexy. Uh, and if she had to, to uh, sing aggressive, it sounds aggressive. So she's a very, very good singer. And um, yeah, when you talk to a producer, that's always the, the most uh, important thing that you have a singer that, that can do it. What you have in your in your mind.
0: Yeah, I really like Goldfinger a lot. I thought that was a really good uh, display of her voice because like, they kind of had the slow intro and they had the really aggressive parts too. Was that one of your favorite songs off the album? Yeah,
1: yeah. The, the, for her, it was, a, uh, of course it was for her a, a lot of fun to do it because she could uh, like, uh, sh- like show what she can do with her voice. But you can also hear it in the in the slower uh, songs when she, ha- when she goes deep with the voice that it's also very sensual and dark and deep uh, when she goes uh, like, but she
0: thinks lower. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, on the album, you've got your classic, you know, very sexually charged lyrics and and tracks like Webcam Girls, which I really liked, and and Flow Juice, which are both very you know, got that kind of classic Lords of Acid, uh, you know, that that kind of raunchy aspect to it. Is that something that you always have fun doing, kind of putting those envelope those lyrics to push the envelope like that? Is that always like a hallmark to you of the Lords of Acid sound? And does that are you do you have certain song titles you work with before you start writing the songs, or do the song titles kind of come after you? Have the pieces come together?
1: Uh, no, uh, what we did this time, and that was very um, interesting, is uh, as the fans what uh, subjects uh, they would uh, like me to write a song about, you know. <laughs> uh, and they came up with okay, this and that. Sometimes, sometimes it's it's too much, and I cannot do it. But I, I came <laughs> uh from an idea from uh, from the fans. So um, then I, I um, so I started to uh, go on these on these sites, you know, just check it out, what's happening, and uh, interesting, I
0: can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, why do you think that's such an important aspect of the Lords of Acid? Sound though to have is it just dance music? Is kind of naturally lends itself to provocative lyrics like that? Do you think is that kind of what lends Lords of Acid to have that you know very uh, you know kind of erotic element to it?
1: Yeah, the thing is that uh, Lords of van the band started back in '88, and in those days uh, here in Belgium, we had uh, this uh, style of music called New Beat. Like uh, there was this year was the 30th anniversary of the New Beat, so it was 30 30 years ago, and that music was like slow, sexy, dark music with a lot of uh, a lot of uh sexual uh vocals and um like like uh sit on acid is a good example because the darling come here uh-huh. uh, that comes from that era that was one of the new beat hits and um the strange thing was that uh when uh, when i was doing in, in those days i had a lot of different projects under a lot of different uh, names and uh, when the new beat died out, when the wave died out, there was one record that kept selling. And that was Lord Sebastian, I sit on acid. And I was, uh, I, I, I didn't know how come because the, the style was, was gone and the music kept selling. And then we found out that, it, that everything was shipped to America because in those days there was no internet. So uh, nowadays it's, it's very easy, but in those days uh, it was hard to find out where where all these records were going to. And then we got a phone call from Caroline and uh, they said, oh, can we please do an album with lots of acid? And because the the first song I did on acid was, had this sexy element to it, and I, I was thinking about myself, okay, let's do the whole album <laughs> <It's> like, like <laughs> sexy vocals. And in those days, uh, it was uh there was this uh politician. What was her name again? Uh, Tipper Gore.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. Uh, so she was against everything that had to do with sex, and she. Uh, so and for us, when we came out with Lust in '92, that was uh, yeah, that, that was in the middle of that uh, censorship uh, thing. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the perfect way to come out uh, at that time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was a very prudish area, prudish era here in America but during that time with the PMRC and all of that. So it was de- definitely a good way to make controversy kind of kind of sell at that time.
1: Yeah, but on the, uh, the thing is, that, okay, these were sexy lyrics, but on the other hand, it was very good music, you know, because uh, it uh, and and it was ahead of its, ta- its time now. Uh, because when I listen to a lot of records now, I uh, it, uh, I hear a lot of influence from Gorchavatid from last. And um, yeah, I think uh, uh, that uh, that that album uh, did a lot for dance music in general, and especially in America, because it was the first time that uh, yeah. that there was this combination between rock and and dance. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because I, I definitely I heard a lot of influence from the industrial area too. I know you guys used to do a lot of remixes, and of course now you hear even, even pop music now is very much more, much more, uh I guess, provocative than it used to be. So definitely, you guys had an influence on that. And and I guess when you're working on music now, is there any kind of new elements you're trying to bring to the to the? What kind of things currently inspire you in music? Any current artists that kind of help inspire you and give you some more uh, influence on this new record?
1: I listen. The thing is that I listen to the radio most of the time. But uh, here in Belgium, uh, when I'm uh, like working, not in the studio, but uh, or I'm driving, I'm driving my car. It's always like Studio Brussels, which is a very, very good radio station here in Belgium. And because I'm I'm a music lover, it's not that I that I that I'm only. Listening to that style or that style, I'm very open when it comes down to listening to different styles uh, I also have a very very uh, uh like big background of stuff I was listening to in the seventies and the eighties and the nineties. I was always open for for everything mm-hmm. and it that helped me a lot and nowadays it's the same thing you know i I just listen to the to the new artists uh even if they're from Zimbabwe or <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, but there's a lot of good music out there. And, uh, uh yeah, I like trap music. I like dubstep. I like, uh, all, yeah, all kind of dance music. You know? I like EDM. I like, uh, also rock. Yeah. You know? I, I like listening to classical radio sometimes, like classic, classic rock. You know? <laughs> FM rock. That's uh, you call it, uh, no?
0: Yeah, here we go, like Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. I just got the yeah. 70s mm-hmm. rock. Zeppelin uh, rocks,
1: yeah. Uh, that rule, Led Zeppelin rules. <laughs> and uh, when you have songs like uh, Kashmir and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It also did
0: not for dance music. And when I saw you guys last year, I was really uh, taking my something, because I, I, you were talking earlier how you have both like, the central elements and you also have the aggressive elements. And... Lords of Asset, it's one of the fewest I've ever seen where it was like an electronic act where there's like actually like hardcore moshing in, like the front of like in the pit and, and, and you know, people go from there and they go back to you know, regular dancing. And I thought it was such a cool dichotomy to see that. Is that really fun for you to watch fans just kind of lose their minds like that? And and is that something that you kind of strove for to have that mix of aggression and and, uh, and melody? Yeah,
1: the thing was that the, the Lost Tour... um uh, so we had uh, uh, Tomy Christ playing just before us. So in a way, they all already create an atmosphere in, in the concert hall. Right? And uh, we also had, uh, it was all, uh, like a celebration for, voodoo, for the Voodoo album. And Voodoo album was kind of an aggressive album uh, compared to the new album or compared to Art Little the Secret and other albums. So for us, uh, we just uh, have to blend into the atmosphere of the evening. And uh, so uh, for us, it's okay. We can, do, uh, we can do a more aggressive show because we also have a, lo- a lot of aggressive music, but we can also do like a very, very sexy show because we also have a lot of, uh, of sexy slow songs. But the thing is that you that it's, when you do a, sh- a show like the last time, it's very hard uh to to make a combination between the two styles it's like uh when you do uh young girls and do what you want to do and uh, all these uh like fast aggressive songs and then you go back into like a slow song like lover or finger looking good or something like that then it it uh, it's uh, it, Falls into a pit, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know. So we had to, we had to do like uh, enough tempo at this time uh, because I tried a couple of times uh, to put uh, the sexy element in there, but it just didn't work. But and I think it was because of uh, the fact that Combi Christ is an amazing band, mm-hmm. uh, also. And uh, okay, playing uh, when they play just before you, then uh, yeah, yeah, have to go with slow. Huh? <laughs>
0: And so uh, speaking of playing live, I know you'll be playing some new dates for the new album, obviously. Have you thought about the show for that? And will you, the singer that was on this new album, will she be performing with you live? Or have you even kind of gotten that far into the planning stages as far as the tour is concerned?
1: Uh, the, tour, um, this, this, uh, the, the tour that we're going to do in, uh, in fall, there's a new tour coming in fall. And that's going to be with the new singer. Uh, and, uh, for me, the most, uh, like, uh, uh, the, let's say, uh, what I would really like to do is, uh, to make it a pretty in-game tour, you know, like we can present a new album and then, uh, play like, uh, at least five or six songs or seven from the new album and then, uh, play like, uh, the best of, uh, after that. So that people can uh, can yeah, can get to know the album.
0: And do you guys, do you going to be playing in the fall? We playing in, in America as well, or do you have you figured out your tour dates exactly yet, or is that still in the planning stages?
1: Um, we're working on a tour uh, in fall, yeah, for America, yeah. So we're doing a couple of, couple of festivals over here in in Europe. And uh, the way it looks now, uh, we would uh, I think that we'll do a tour like mid-October or something in America. About 25 or 30 concerts. Yeah. Because I saw that Combi Christ was already on tour again, so <laughs> for me it's, it's all too fast. And I need to, uh,
0: <laughs> He's a little, a little slower. <laughs> uh,
1: because, uh, always touring. It's, uh, I, I also... Enjoy working in the studio, you know, It's like, uh, I'm, uh, so I need time to dive into the studio in the studio, and then uh, I, can, I can go back on tour. Uh, first, I need to little be a little bit creative. Uh, yeah.
0: And have you released the first single for the album yet, or do you have a video for the album? I was curious what songs you're you're going to launch the the album as far as the single is concerned.
1: Uh, we're th- thinking about doing a video. uh um, but, uh, we're just looking for the right director at this moment. So there's a couple of uh, people who are, in, who are like interested and who are also interesting for a lot of us. And, uh, so we're checking them out. Now. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, but will there be a, has there been a first single launched yet or will you, you have a single in the works? I was just curious what the first track that you'll be releasing as far as, um, uh, on social uh, media uh,
1: Yeah, the one uh, before the night is over. That before the night is over, it's the first single that uh, that was uh, like uh, released as a as a a teaser for the album. And I think it's it's a good song uh, to uh, to give them an idea what direction we're going to, you know, like uh, because it's. In general, the album is, like, slow in beats, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of slow songs on there, uh, and uh, yeah, there's a, there's a male vocal, there's, a, there's this new girl singing, so I have to, I have to, come, to come with the first single that, uh, that uh, can give a direction, because everybody always, like, expects uh, something different from what we do, like, uh, that we always come with, uh, with something new. And I think that uh, that this album is is definitely uh, very very uh, different from the like the, the, the last album and the album before that. You know. Like uh, yeah.
0: And I know the last song is called "We Are the Freaks." I like that one a whole lot too. Was that inspired by the fans? Is that I see almost kind of like an anthem, almost like a tribute to to your fan base. Is that am I accurate on that, or is that close to the truth, or no? <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah, it's in a way, uh, it is like that because there's a lot of uh, people, and that's also nice about uh, doing a lot of asset concerts, you know. There's a lot of people who come to the show dressed up, and um, I like to talk to the fans, I like to, uh, like, before or after the show, and uh, sometimes I, I hear that they're really looking forward to it, like months in advance, and then they start already discussing what are you going to wear. And also, people who are coming to the show who have like daytime job, like a, a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, that the, that when Lord Sebastian is coming to town, that's the opportunity that they can, that, that they can do crazy mm-hmm. stuff, you know, like everything is accepted. <laughs> and, and, and but it's also nice, but. Uh, because uh, that's also what I what, what I said to the to the new singer. I, I told her when you have to when you go to America and when you're gonna dress up, it's impossible to be better dressed than the audience. <laughs> the audience uh, especially the, the 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 fans that know Lord assets for years and years. And like the last tour, um, there's so many people that were there, like in '94, who saw the Sex Pistols Ball and now uh, they're back, and sometimes they bring their children to, to the show. Yeah. We're also 20 years old now, <laughs> 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 and there's a lot of a lot of a lot of kids who are who are uh, like uh, uh, discovering lots of acid now, and that's nice.
0: Yeah, definitely kind of transcends generations. I think because it still sounds so fresh. It still has that,
1: yeah. that kind of pulse. It's also when I listen. Uh, you, you 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 can do it. Uh, just check it out when you listen to Lust and uh, how fresh it sounds. Till now, after uh, after thirty, I, almost I, at least twenty five, twenty six years, it's unbelievable how, how how good it was sounding with the, and yeah. And now uh, I think it sounds yeah just like, like I said, fresh. You know? And maybe it's because nowadays it's all MP3 and everybody is compressing a lot and then you mm-hmm. lose a lot of the high end uh, and uh, and the deep. It's like, uh, yeah. And I still uh, love that album.
0: Definitely. Well, I think that covers all my questions. Anything else you wanted to tell fans as far as the album is concerned or the tour thing else you wanted to add regarding Pretty and Kinky?
1: Yeah, I'm really excited uh, about this album because, uh, in a way, we did it together with the fans, you know. So we, are, we have we have this have this community, and uh, when there's fans out there who are not there yet, so you can go to the Lords of Acid uh, like Facebook page, or you can go to the Lords of Acid backstage group, and um, these are like that's where the where the die-hard fans go, and we do a lot of polls, you know, like okay, we ask them. What would be a great title for this song? What would, but they also came up with the, with the album title, you know. And when you have this, uh, yeah, this, uh these, uh, polls, you learn a lot about your fans too. And they learn a lot about me. And, uh, so it's another, it's another way of making a record, but it's, uh, so much more, um, yeah amazing it's good that the fans are involved because that's a new way to do it Uh, because sitting in an ivory tower like a musician and thinking that you know it all it's uh uh, that's not how it works (laughs) i always i always love to be in touch with the fans you know and uh, because i also learn a lot from the fans from talking to the fans, you know, what do you think of that album? What do you think of that album? What's your favorite song? What's uh, yeah, and all that stuff. Uh, it helps me a lot. Also, when you go on tour, you when you meet people and you go back into the studio, you, you take it with you, you know, all the experiences that you have, like on the tour bus or meeting the fans. And uh, so, I, I learned a lot you know, because, the, the, like, the last tour, there was one thing that I didn't know, uh, and and uh, they told me that, uh, and it's the first t- time I hear about it. They say, "Okay, do you know that when you do a concert with, uh, with Lord band, that the, the Prague fans are always standing in front of your keyboard There's something?" I've never heard of that. You know? <laughs> never heard of that. <laughs> huh? And uh, uh, it seems that the people are really like fans who know who know the band really well, that they always go like when you're before the stage, that they stand like the left of the stage because uh, my right uh, because my keyboard setup is always there. You know? So there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that you learn talking to the fans. And uh, something else that I can say uh, is that um, that might be uh, interesting. Uh, for Lord's Method fans, but also for Khan fans, is that we're going to release uh, um, like this Cantology. It's a, a box that we do. It's strictly limited, 500 copies. It's only 500 copies. They're numbered and signed by myself. And they have, uh, the, the box has all nine albums of Khan. Plus, on every album, there's three bonus tracks. So there were nine albums. It's going to be a, a, a box with nine albums and one DVD. Oh, wow. And uh, it's going to be strictly limited uh, edition. And uh, you ca- they can get it if they want. If, if, if they would be interested, they can get it on uh, on the largevathed.com site.
0: And when will that be released? Or is that already been released yet? Or, or, or is that going to be coming out soon? Or
1: It's not yet. Uh, but yeah. Um, uh, and I think we're going to have it maybe tomorrow or the day after it's going to be in stock and, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. and there's only uh, 500 and there's 150 copies left so it's uh, it's a nice thing you know because uh we're a prior camper. and most of most of the fans who know Lord Javata they also know private <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, thanks so much for talking to you today. It's been a real pleasure. I look forward to seeing you guys on tour when you come and love the new album. So best of luck with that. And thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate it.
1: Okay. Thank you so much for taking your time to talk to me. And uh, uh, Okay. Thank you
0: for everything. Absolutely. All right. Have a great day. Okay. Okay. Thank you. you. bye Bye. A big thanks to Maurice for taking the time out to talk about the new album today. It was a pleasure getting to speak to him. If you visit my website, SmellsLikeInfiniteSadness.com, and see the blog page for this interview, you can pre-order Pretty and Kink via Amazon on our site. I think you're definitely going to love it if you're a hardcore fan. It's got all the stuff that makes a Great Lords of Acid album. And as promised, we're going to close the track off a new album. It's entitled Goldfinger. We talked about it earlier. It's a really good track. I think you guys are going to dig it. So take care, and I'll talk to you soon.